Hi guys, welcome back to the Deep End Podcast with Allison Ford, a place where we talk about deep thinking, deep feeling without any apologies. Hello guys, how are you and welcome back. Today we are talking about how to really thrive and to live really well as a deep thinking and deep feeling person. And this may seem like a, an easy task, but I think what we discover as deep thinkers and deep feelers is that sometimes we ugh, we don't do relationships all that well. We don't do connection all that well with, with others. Um, we can find those people who are deep thinkers and feelers and maybe make a strong connection with them. But when it comes to functioning with like people who are not like us and people who don't seem to think like us, it can be very, very difficult. And another thing I think we can start getting into the, I don't know, like the habit of is, you know, basically just staying internal because we have so much going on inside our head and inside our mind. And we feel so much that I think a lot of people who I at least meet who are deep thinkers and feelers tend to stay internal. So sometimes we reject the external world, we reject the shallow end of the pool, and we reject all of that space because we just write it off. So today what I really want to talk to you about is a couple strategies that really have changed my entire life and habits that I've created after what I talk about in my last episode, which was a breakdown. Most deep people at some point um, have a breakdown. If you keep all of that in and you reject for long enough, um, something happens to you. Your body breaks down, your spirit breaks down, your mind breaks down. Maybe you, um, you know, you feel like you need to just kind of crawl out of your own skin. I mean, it it is really, really hard keeping all of that stuff inside. And most people who are, um, you know, tend to be artists or you know, people who are in acting and, you know, music. Um, I, a lot of those people who would, I guess would say I'm a creative person or I'm an artist, you know, tend to be these deep thinkers and they live at the deep end of the pool of life. I would say a good 80% of the time, if not more. And when we're living in that space, it can be hard to function with that outside world that, you know, requires us having a job and, staying on a schedule and, you know, making money to live. And, you know, sometimes as deep thinkers, we can reject that whole thing because we see it as sort of beneath us or, you know, beneath the whole, the whole depth of everything. Um, I have been in that dark place before where I've definitely, you know, thought, oh my gosh, I just want to reject the world. And you, you want to revert, you know, in, go inside and sort of, you know, just stay in that place, but you got to come out. And so today what I want to just um, explain is the couple of, of those strategies. So the first strategy that we can look into is as a deep thinker, you need to really, really have boundaries. And I know that boundaries maybe seem like a deep thought thing, but actually boundaries, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of more on the surface. They are um, habits and they are... Um, places that you would put around your your thoughts, your feelings, your words, you know, and your relationships. And they're little, 
like landmarks, you know, that you just say, okay, this is a boundary. And so, you know, some ways you want to set boundaries with people as a deep thinker and a deep feeler is to, first of all, discover what doesn't feel good to you. Um, you know, what are the times and places in your life that people have crossed that boundary where you have felt deeply hurt and maybe you didn't speak up about it. Maybe you didn't say, um, you know, hey, when you say that thing or when you do that, you know, it, it really hurts my feelings. Most people with, you know, deep thought and deep feeling, they, they tend to not say anything. They kind of let it swell up and swell up inside of them. And they feel like they can deal with it themselves because after all, they deal with most things themselves inside in their head and their brain, analyzing things over and over again. But you've got to really put your boundaries out there. You need to put it out in a in a physical way, you know, if that if that's part of what you're doing. Um, you need to put it out with language. You need to let people know what are the boundaries that, you know, that, that are not going to be crossed with me. And so sometimes we want to um, let people know when we first meet them. You know, there's nothing wrong with saying, um, you know, like in business, I most certainly put up my boundaries with people um, right from the, the start. And so that boundary might be just saying, you know, if I'm doing consulting for somebody, I might just say, um, you know, put in my cron tracker, just let them know that, you know, my boundaries is that, you know, if I'm consulting with you and I'm not, I'm not on a salary, um, I my time is, you know, it needs to be paid for. So you, you know, calling me and having me, you know, do a 30 minute meeting here or this conversation here, you know, that adds up. And so we can build that into our consulting fee that, you know, I meet with you this amount of time, but you need to really set that boundary. And sometimes when we are, you know, deep feelers and thinkers, when people, you know, go over those boundaries, and I know for me in business, people have crossed boundaries with me and it just, you know, you, you feel really pissed off and you feel like they should know, right? Because I think as deep thinkers, we're thinking about those things like, okay, this could be a boundary I might cross with this person. So I need to analyze it and make sure that I don't, especially if it's somebody that you care about. And we're intentional with our thought. We, we think about things that most people don't think about. So setting those really clear boundaries with people um, is critical. It is critical for you and your well-being because if somebody crosses that boundary, you don't want to stay internal with it. And most of us as deep thinkers and feelers, we are always trying to problem solve inside. So you've got to set your boundaries. You know, you can't let people speak to you in any type of way and think that you're just going to heal it and do the work inside of you. Absolutely not. You need to recognize when things are toxic and when, you know, you need to set a clear boundary with whoever that is. So that could be with the person that you love. That could be with your children setting a boundary. That could be with, um, you know, a family member. That could be in business. So wherever those boundaries are, and you also need to set some boundaries with yourself, (laughs) you know, as deep thinkers and deep feelers, sometimes we can... Um, run miles around ourselves and what we think is wrong with us and what needs to be fixed. And we get into these deep layers of thought and we kind of go down the rabbit hole and it can turn into self-sabotage and it can turn into these really negative things. So setting your boundaries is really clear. And some of the best ways to set boundaries I have found is to just have a conversation with somebody you know, conversations can work wonders, you know, setting a boundary with somebody to not let it go over and over again. And this is the biggest thing I did when I went back um, to my house with my husband was that so often I would not 
talk to him and tell him, you know, hey, that crossed a boundary with me or and you don't even have to say boundary because it, it's kind of a harsh word for some people, but you can just say, you know, I when you're saying those things or when when this interaction happens between us, this habit comes up, right? Where you make this little joke or you, you say this thing. Um you know, and you're teasing me or something like that, you know, that for me, it may not seem like a big deal to you, but to me, it is a really, really big deal. And, you know, um, I've been thinking about it for the whole week, you know, because deep thinkers and feelers, when somebody says something to us, we will think about it for a week or two. And this is one of the kind of curses of being this type of person is because, you know, things really do get to you and you do go over it in your head over and over again. And that's not everybody's experience. And that's what we have to realize as deep thinkers and feelers is that not everybody does that. Some people can squash things very easily and they can sort of like let it go. But for us, it it needs to be verbalized. We need to put it out there. We need to say, hey, that's, you know, that's a boundary that, you know, we just, we can't cross because I'm going to be then resenting you in my head. And this is the, this is the scenario that's going to happen. So explain yourself to people and doing it while you're in a good space to try not to come in when you're angry or you're pissed off because then you're just going to overload on them and most likely explain it to them in a way that they probably don't understand. Um, you know, you just need to try to find a good space and find a good way to communicate that. Um, go through the, the scenario in your head, which is what we're good at. Go through the scenario of, you know, I'm going to say this and then this might come up. So how can I say this in a way that's going to be better? So putting out your boundaries in a way that is self-respecting to you and respectful to the other person, it really does wonders. And don't ever be afraid to put that out there because they will get crossed and then it will be a huge miscommunication. And most likely you will be keeping that internally in your head for a very, very long time. So the next strategy that we have to really implement as deep thinkers and deep feelers and not neglect is the connection with our soul, with our deepest self. Um, So often this is the anchor for us that is pulling us into the deep end of the pool, right? Of the pool of life. It is our soul that is asking to be heard. And as deep thinkers and feelers, we, we, if our soul is not right, like we're not right. Um, and we're, we are connected with that space sometimes more than other people. And it's not a judgment on other people. It's just that our soul maybe screams to us a little bit louder instead of whispers. And so that can feel really, really hard when you're trying to go out into the everyday world into this external space where you work, where you have relationships with people, where you have, um, you know, expectations on you. That's the real world. That's the world that we go out into. And so our soul can only stay inside of us. It cannot do that external work. So it is really important for us to have this time with our soul to explain to our soul, you know, what we're doing, what choices we're making, and to see if it sits right with the soul. And one of the best ways we do that is obviously meditation is huge for deep thinkers and feelers. I know when you get into meditation, sometimes you might be thinking about too many things, but the more you practice it and the more that you just focus more on your breath or just one thing, the easier it's going to get. Um, you know, but you can also do that soul work when you're, you know, taking a hike or when you're maybe at the beach. Um, you know, a lot of times in nature, the soul wants to come out. The soul feels good enough to come out. Our soul doesn't always want to come out and express itself when we're in, let's say, a really stressful situation. Um, you know, it's 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 a it's a 
it's like a dessert, right? The soul coming out and expressing itself in a beautiful way is sort of the dessert of life. And so it comes out in spaces that is more quiet. It's a little more calm. It's a little more balanced. And that's when the soul wants to come out and truly express, right? In a really positive way. Now, the soul can come out when we're having like the dark night of the soul, right? When we are in depths and we are in darkness as well. And then we will feel pain, right? Um, but I'm talking about the connection that we make with our soul that's soothing and that is really loving our soul and just letting our soul know, hey, I'm I'm here. I'm here with you. I'm doing all this external work, but I'm still with you and I still know that you are my guide. And just assuring yourself, sitting with yourself and making that connection. Some things that I do um, is, like I mentioned, meditation. I definitely go into nature. That helps me quite a bit. I find that music does, you know, helps my soul and really, really soothes my soul. So just sitting and listening to music and, um, you know, manifesting in that space and thinking about, you know, um, the things that are just really glorious and beautiful in my life and just coaxing the soul to come out a little bit and then finding that stillness and that quiet, it helps me. I find after I have moved my body, so, you know, after a workout, after a place where I've sort of exhausted, you know, all that external stuff and my body's just ready to calm down, my soul will come out during that time and because that's a quiet time. So, and if you're somebody who does have a hard time meditating and stuff, I I really would suggest um, body movement, so physical exertion and then relaxation. It's going to be much easier for you to do it in that sense if you're, if you're kind of on overload. Um, another thing that I do is I just do a little practice with myself at night, maybe like after my prayer, after, you know, that time is, you know, I check in with myself, um, at different stages of my life. I mentioned this a little bit earlier in I think one of the episodes that I kind of have a little, you know, party going on inside of me. Um, I sit with myself when I was, you know, like six or seven when, um, as I mentioned before that my dad sort of started walking out of my life and, you know, things were really hard for me. So, um, no one at that time really understood how to sit with that girl. I didn't understand how to sit with her. And so now that I'm older and I'm wiser and I understand children a little bit more because I've had some children and I work with children, I go back and I sit with that child and that's deep soul work. That's beautiful healing soul work. And, you know, I go back to myself sometimes when I was 17 and more in my ego and I kind of talk to that girl. So just going back and and sitting with yourself and just having a conversation and just, you know, you just speak and just say, you know, I'm here for you or, oh, this was really great that you did this. And, you know, maybe you didn't feel acknowledged that day. I would like to just acknowledge you and just being really kind to yourself and finding that connection. This is some of the most beautiful work that you can do for your deep, deep soul and for your deep, deep feelings and your deep, deep thoughts. Um, this is the healing work. You know, this is the soothing work. So we've got to do this and set this time as deep thinkers and feelers or else our soul will not feel right. It will just feel a little bit off. And when that happens externally, we express so many things that are not good to people that probably love us. So make sure you're making that time for the connection. It is vital. So the next strategy that we really have to put in place as deep thinkers and deep feelers um, are actions that are clear with 
results. I cannot tell you how many times I've gotten into conversation with somebody who is a deep thinker and deep feeler. And, you know, especially if they're creative, oh my gosh, like we can go on for hours and hours and hours and basically becomes a release. You know, you tend to find that people who are, who are in the deep end, you know, majority of their life, they kind of live in that space they have a hard time with executing things. They have a hard time with staying on track and they have a hard time putting their actions out there in most cases, right? I don't want to judge everybody because there's certainly exceptions to the rule, but I would say majority of people in this space, it is hard for them to be more in that pragmatic space, in the shallow end, if you will, of you know creating this concrete plan and staying on track and doing the work because we get so distracted easily as deep thinkers we go into this other thought and this other thought and we're always taking these turns and going around corners and you know for somebody who doesn't think like that they can get a lot accomplished because you know they're just they're just looking at what is the action I need to take what is the plan that I need to put in place and what is the result that I'm looking for and they can be very clear in not only thinking about that but also in executing that they don't get as distracted as we do they're not you know people who are you know as I like to put it it's like you know you are somebody that maybe like goes through your closet and you're you know, you spend time looking at pictures and you go back to memories and like all of this stuff. And then there's another person who just goes through their closet and they go ahead and get rid of this and they're just clear about it. So make sure that you are holding yourself accountable. Some ways that you can do this is, I mean, first of all, there are so many things on YouTube on how to create schedules and how to create habits. And, and you know, there are books and there, there's so many things you can like go into and listen to. Um, so you know, finding a resource is really important. You can also find a resource in somebody who, you know, has accomplished something that you're looking to accomplish. They're, you know, a high accomplisher and they're not somebody who's quite as distracted as you. Asking them for advice in this area is going to be really beneficial because they can see clear cut, you know, what you would need to do in order to get there. So, you know, having a mentor or a coach or somebody that's in your life, you can just reach out and ask them and just say, you know, I'm having this problem and it's hard for me to put it into, you know, basically a plan of action and that person can can help you do that. Um, another thing you can do is just you can sit and do it yourself and just start really creating the habit and really watch yourself when you're doing this so that you are not going into these deep layers of thought, but you're just saying, okay, here's what I want to do. You know, I want to have this this result. Okay, so, you know, if, if you want to, I don't know, um, create some project or lose five pounds or, um, you know, create a better energy in your house even, right? And that's like a, a sort of deep enders, I guess, uh, goal, but you know, there are pragmatic ways to do that, right? So here's the goal that I want. Here's the thing that I'm after. Um, here are the ways that I could get it and just list down, you know, the couple different ways of what you would need to do in order to make that happen. And then what is the research that I would need to do to get some resources? Because it's really good to hear what other people are doing. Sometimes people can save you 10 steps that would have taken you, you know, so long to execute. Some people have done it. And so they can give you the secret sauce or the secret formula. And today, with the the day and age that we live in, I mean, there's just so many resources out there, which that can be the overwhelming part. 
but you need to find somebody who just speaks to you and that you can listen to and that you can take advice from. And some people, even though they might be highly proficient in that area, maybe they just rub you the wrong way. And so just move on if you feel that, right? Find the person that you can, you know, handle taking advice from that you're not going to judge. You're not going to get in this deep layer of like, oh my God, is this person real or false or, you know, because this is what we do as deep thinkers and feelers and it's exhausting. So just find the person who speaks to you and who can get you in going into the right direction, right? Um, And then basically you put down your plan of action and that comes down to like a calendar that comes down to how do you spend your time? This comes down to, you know, some people might be exaggerating saying, you know, I don't have 15 minutes in my life, but if they really sat down and actually cataloged, right, how they're spending their time in their day, I'm telling you, these people have way more time than 15 freaking minutes. You know, you cut something out, you say, okay, I'm not going to watch this show because I'm going to replace it with this. Or I'm going to um, layer and stack, you know, two things at once. So maybe I'm going to work out and listen to a podcast because this podcast is part of the resource that I need. You know, you need to go in and be pragmatic about how you're spending your time and actually label it, put it down. As deep thinkers, man, I'm telling you, this is can be a hard one for us because we like thinking in abstract. We like going down the rabbit hole. We like having these looping conversations. Like for us, it actually feels really good. Where somebody who's more pragmatic, like this just drives them nuts. They do not understand how you can sit and have a two, three hour conversation and you really don't get, a, the way they perceive it, nothing out of it, right? There's no like conclusion out of it. It's just like you sharing with somebody else and that's what feels good to us so you need to get with people who are not like that and see how they do things and use them as your mentors use them as people that are going to help you and then if they have a problem that let's say it's more on the emotional end of things, or maybe they have a paper that's due or something that, you know, takes some really serious critical thought and layer breaking down, right? Like it's not even a word or phrase, but you in order to break down those layers, then maybe they'll come to you for that kind of work. And you guys can work really nicely together. You know, as I mentioned before, my husband is definitely somebody who lives more in the shallow end. He's much more pragmatic and lives on the surface. I would say for a good like 80% of his life and then 20, he goes in the deep end where I am the opposite. I live in the deep end 80% and I go to the shallow end about 20% when I need to. So you need to decide who are these matches for you that can actually like help you do this work. And as long as you can keep your communication, which we talked about before, boundaries, right? And healthy communication with this person, this can be one of your biggest assets. So having your um, actions, your plan of actions, how you get certain things, you need to just tidy yourself up and make sure you're staying tight in this process and understand it's going to make you you know, a better person, a more well-rounded person. So try not to reject it and say, well, I don't like staying on schedules. And I don't do this. Most people who say I don't like being on a schedule and I don't like, you know, uh, putting out my time and these things, they're normally very stressed people when it comes to getting your kids ready or going to a function or planning out a party. I mean, there are times in life where you've got to plan things out and you need to be pragmatic and you need to make choices. There's just really no way around it. And so don't stress yourself out by just rejecting that and saying, well, I don't live like this and I, you know, I'm not going to do this because you know, you need to, you need to, to make the experience better for everybody because nobody likes being stressed out and being overwhelmed because there wasn't a plan in place. 
So make sure that you are doing this in order to stay balanced as a deep thinker and a deep feeler. This will be something that makes your life easier and it'll actually give you more time for in-depth thought, I promise. So make sure that you are doing step two. It is really vital. All right, so the next tool that we really have to make sure that we're thinking about and utilizing is space. This means personal space. As deep thinkers and deep feelers, man, I cannot tell you how much space really matters for us. And so I want you to think of space in the tangible way first, okay? We need our personal space that is just ours. And this means a physical place that is just yours. So this could be, if you don't have a lot of space, maybe it can be you know, a closet in your house that you make into a little sanctuary or something like that where you can just have that quiet space, quiet time. Maybe if you don't have a place in your house, it can be like a Starbucks or something, a coffee shop or a place that's really just feels like your space and that's quiet, right? That can be a space where you can thrive and think and just sort of be with yourself. If you are um, somebody who maybe can have like in my house, I have my own office. And so that's really a, a sacred space for me. It's a space that, you know, my kids understand that I have boundaries around, um, you know, they, because all of that's been set, which I already talked about in the other segment is boundaries. But this is why it's so important, because as deep thinkers and feelers, when people get in our space, it does something to us. It can really piss us off. It can really make us feel like people don't respect us. Um, it can make us very irritable when we don't have our personal time and our personal space, introspection space. I think everybody is needs introspection space and a tangible space to do that. So like in my house, for instance, um, I have time with my kids that they need to be in their rooms by themselves doing that work and, and having their own personal space. It needs to be in a tangible sense that they are in that space, in the room, doing that work. Um, now you can get creative with this as well. So maybe if they don't have that space, you can, again, use a closet space. You can also have a space outside that's just theirs, but then this sends them the message that like personal space is something that we all are entitled to and that we all need. And it has that connection space that I talked about before as well, but this is a space to just be yourself and to just be you and to not have to, um, deal with the external world for a minute. And to just have that time and to have that space is incredibly important for us as deep thinkers and deep feelers. And really, I would say for everybody, they should also have that space too. They might not need it as much as you. They might not want it as much as you. Um, I noticed that you know, for my daughter, for instance, she is somebody who's like me and she definitely needs her personal space. And I've heard her set boundaries even with her friends and with other people to say, hey, I just need my space. I'm going to be in my room for this amount of time. And she'll tell me sometimes, you know, to keep her brother out because she's saying, you know, he comes into my space and it really bothers me. And I just, you know, I need my time to myself. And so now she understands and it makes her much like it makes her a well-balanced child to where she isn't irritable and she's not pissed off because people are constantly invading her space. As moms, you definitely need to have your personal space and to set that habit up early, as early as you can. 
I started doing with my kids when they were about nine months old. Um, just putting them either in the room or their crib for very, you know, little small increments of time, maybe five minutes, and then coming back and just letting them know this is the time. And they might not understand everything that I said, but I can tell you this. Since I did this with my kids, my kids really understand what space actually means within the world, within their personal integrity internally. They know what it means and they know what it means externally because I've made sure that this is a really important conversation that I want to have with them. For me, when I was young, um, I understood as a deep thinker. I didn't quite understand what was happening to me, but what happened um, where was where I would, um, because I grew up in a house with six kids and we didn't have a lot of personal space. There just there just wasn't enough space. I mean, we all shared a bathroom. Like, it was just a freaking mess. <laughs> but I knew that I was going to burst if I didn't have my personal space. So somehow I understood this enough to where I would go outside um, in my yard and I would take my dog's kennel. Uh, my dog had like this like igloo kennel and I would clean out the kennel and I would put, you know, like a towel in there and I take my notebook in there and I would just have my personal space, my tangible personal space. And I created it for myself as a child because I knew that I needed that space. Somehow I had the inclination to go and do that. And as an adult, I look back on that kid and I go, wow, she was really smart. She understood that she needed the space or else she was going to like literally lose it. So we need to make sure that we are doing this for ourselves. We need to make sure that we are doing this for our kids. And in your space, when you go into your space, Make sure that it's a space that serves you. So if you don't like a lot of clutter, if clutter is something that, you know, can really bog you down. And in my opinion, I think that, you know, deep thinkers and feelers, I don't think we should have a lot of clutter around our personal space because our mind is already very cluttered and we already have a lot going on in there. So for us to be in a minimal space can be really soothing for us. So make sure that it's not a space like, oh, this is my space and my kids kind of overrun it and they leave their junk everywhere. Like, no, this needs to be a space where you're setting a deliberate boundary. You are taking a deliberate action. So this is all the stuff we talked about. And you are creating this space for yourself. It is something that you need to stay sane. You will be better for everybody else in your life if you make sure that this is a priority to you. And maybe you're only in your personal space for 10 minutes of your day, right? And you know how you're spending your day because you went over how you actually spend your time. Maybe on another day, you have 20 minutes to yourself. Maybe on another day, you only have five. But you guys, it's so critical because there's so much going on inside of us that we need to decompress. We need to have that physical space where we can do the work for our internal space, right? But you got to have the physical space in order to make that happen. And as a woman and as a mom, this is one of the first things that I see mothers giving up is their space. They give up um, the space that they have, they give up because they think that, that it's expected of them, that if somehow if they take time to themselves, there's something wrong with that. Absolutely, positively not. No, it is vital. It is something that you need to be doing, okay? And create your space with your kids in the bathroom, letting them come in in the bathroom when you're going to the bathroom, right? This is another thing on boundaries, but also space. When people are getting to your space of your plate, kids eating off your food, this is teaching kids lesson that space doesn't matter, that having boundaries and, and space to yourself is something that you that that they don't need to be aware of and that you have given up. 
we cannot do this as moms and teaching this very, very valuable lesson. And if you're not a mom and let's say you're a fur mom or you have nieces or you have nephews, make sure that you're teaching them this lesson because as human beings, we need to have our space. And certainly as deep thinkers and deep feelers, if you live in the deep end of the pool of life about 80% of the time, you need your space. (laughs) You need to have it to decompress because there's a lot going on in that mind and that heart. All right, so make sure that you are implementing this step. All right, so here is the last thing that you need to make sure that you are doing. And this might seem, I don't know, like something like, oh, well, I already do this, but I'm going to break it down a little bit more for you. So speaking and sharing. As deep thinkers and deep feelers, we keep a lot to ourselves. We keep a lot to ourselves, especially when we get ourselves into relationships. I think, you know, a lot of the times when it comes to a romantic relationship, we can keep so many things to ourselves and never tell our partner. Um, And they always kind of feel like we are this elusive person, which when you first meet somebody that can be very sexy, right? You have mystery about you. You are kind of elusive. You're somebody they can't quite figure out. And that might be really great in the beginning and something that attracts people. But when we get into long-term relationships, that, that does not fly. That means people are growing apart. And most of the time, that means that you are not in, in great communication with another person. So you might think that, yeah, hey, I'm a deep thinker and feeler. And I, you know, I have deep conversations with people. Maybe you're having those kind of conversations with your girlfriends. Maybe you are only connecting with people that are on a deep level like you and you're reserving that for them. And then the other people you're not really sharing much with at all. So we need to watch doing this. Um, I made this mistake with my husband for when he was my fiance um, for I probably eight years. I mean, I'm not even kidding you guys um, where I never truly, truly let him in. I never really let him in the depths of who I was because I, you know, because of the kind of way he was, first of all, I didn't think he would really even ever understand. And I really wrote him off before I even gave him an opportunity to be let in. Um, you know, I didn't think that he, that he, because he really wasn't a, a deep person in the sense that, you know, he lives there, like I live there, right? That it just, you know, I'm like, there's no point. There's just no point in me sharing anyways. And then it sort of made me go apart from him and resent him to say, well, maybe I just need somebody who's a little more artistic in my life. Maybe I need a partner who, you know, can be like this. And, you know, really, I really, I wouldn't say that that's the route because now that I have made myself speak and share and I've actually put things out there. My husband is willing to go in the deep end with me, you know, not every day, but on days. And it feels really, really great to be able to say, okay, he's meeting me here now. And wow, we're having this really exhilarating conversation. This is so cool because, you know, um, my husband, I know for him, that's a different, you know, a, a different kind of space for him to be in. And so, it means a lot to me and it's very sexy and it's something that for me draws me in closer to him. And I've realized that, you know, I really don't need that every single day. I don't need to have that kind of conversation with him every day. But when I do have it with him, it's beautiful. And it's something that I'm like, wow, you know, this is incredible. I never thought that this could be and here it is happening. So don't write people off so quickly. Um, And you do need to speak and you do need to share and not just with the people who are like you. You have to share with other people too, okay? And I'm going to tell you a little bit on how to do that because I think sometimes we're just like, 
we write it off and we think they're not going to understand us. And most of the time we are very misunderstood because we're feeling so much that by the time we do speak and the time by the time we do share, we overshare, we overspeak. We're putting things out there that are like 10 years in the making and because we're deep thinkers and feelers like we remember everything not only just everything but we remember how we felt about everything and so we're putting this layered conversation on somebody who probably can't handle it and it's like years and years and years of stuff and they're just like whoa like this person is just too much for me and we are intense we tend to be intense people so one thing that you can do is acknowledge who you who am I not speaking to who are the people in my life that you know I could give an opportunity to know me a little bit better and who am I holding back with um you know who who are those so designating those people are pretty important you know that's a really good step to first step to take and it'll make you feel a little bit more at ease because it's not like you've got to share your whole life story with everybody but you know the people who do genuinely love and care about you and they're not perfect right sometimes they are gonna hurt your feelings sometimes they're not gonna understand but i mean the people who are willing to work with you and don't think that those people maybe aren't willing to work with you because i think sometimes we're just like well they don't care anyways um i thought this a lot about my husband like he doesn't he doesn't give give a crap anyways where in, in reality my husband really does care about me but i had to train him a little bit in how to have a conversation with me and to how to you know do this work because it just was very foreign to him and i was just like well cuz it's foreign to him that means he doesn't care and it really just means that he doesn't understand that's really what it meant but until i got over myself and over all of my stuff then you know i couldn't really come to that conclusion in a real empathetic way to say hey he's different than me and you know me having this conversation with him is probably really overwhelming for him and he probably doesn't know what to say or what to think and he's probably losing his mind so um how can i help him because after all i am the one in deep communication in this relationship i am the one who can steer him into this you know other place because he certainly doesn't know so it is my job to do this work and I know if you're pissed off at somebody and the relationship isn't hasn't been great and maybe you haven't been in the best communication, that's a hard thing to swallow because you're like, God, I don't want to have to do this work. But as a deep person and deep thinker, listen, you are called on to do some of this work because you are some of the only people who can do it. So look at that as a blessing and try your best to reserve your judgments and all of that stuff because you need to do the work okay you, you got to do it you're the you are the person you are the facilitator no matter if you like it or not this is who you are so when we are speaking and sharing be be a person who's explaining the process to the person who doesn't understand you and what I mean by that is I would talk to my husband and so he would do something or say something that normally what I would do is I would just say, well, you know what? I'm going to be silent in this situation. I'm going to sit here and silently judge him. I'm going to um, go in my head and just say, well, he doesn't understand. He would never understand, right? And there's the whole loop of all the stuff that I would say about him and then not say how I really felt because I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to deal with it on my own anyways because I, I'm not even going to deal with this. I'm just going to handle it on my own, which is a really big trap that we fall into as deep thinkers and feelers. So... When I went back home after I had my breakdown, I came up with a strategy and an action plan that every time I didn't want to speak and that I didn't want to share and then I started going internal that I was going to force myself to speak and to say what was really happening inside of me. And I was going to try my best to not say it with an attitude, <laughs> okay, because that's hard. So basically what I would say to my husband when this happened is I would stop the conversation and say, hey, 
this is how I'm feeling right now. Um, Because you said this, normally what I would do is I would do X, Y, and Z. I would start judging you in my head. I would be petty about it. I would pull away from you and I would say, you know what, I'm just going to handle this on my own. And this is normally what happens in my head. And I just need to explain that to you to let you know that this is my process. And I am back. I am home. I am trying to do things differently. And I don't want to pull away from you. I want you to be able to show up for me, but it's it can be really hard when I feel like you don't understand me and you don't understand where my heart is and you don't understand, you know, how I'm feeling. And, you know, it's it is hard for me to open up and to speak to you and to tell you what's going on inside of me. This is a really difficult thing for me to do. And if you could just listen to me for the next, you know, couple minutes and just let me sort of put this out there in the way that I do. And if you could try your best to just be receptive and empathetic of that, even if you don't understand it, that would really, I think, help the situation. And that did wonders, you guys. I'm telling you just saying that. And then also getting down to the root of the feeling of what I was really feeling. So instead of just saying I'm, you know, I'm pissed off or I'm angry and then being petty about it, I would say, you know, what's really going on with me right now is that I feel in this conversation, you know, I just, I just feel really worthless. I feel like I'm not, you know, I'm not living up to this standard of relationship and I, and I feel just like I'm, I'm failing. That's how I really feel. A lot of times it's hard for us to say how we really feel about a situation. We try to keep our cards, you know, close to our heart as deep thinkers and deep feelers because we're afraid to say what it is that we really, really feel. We're afraid to put out our insecurities. We're afraid to put out the the places and the spaces that, you know, quite honestly, we go and lick our own wounds, right? We do that work, but we're afraid to put that out there to other people. So... Are, you might be speaking and sharing, but are you really doing the speaking and sharing? And some of the ways that I would um, create a little test for myself is I would say, you know, in this situation, if I was talking to my girlfriend who is a deep thinker and a deep feeler like me and that one that I can really let loose with, right, and really have the conversation, am I still talking like this to my husband? Am I sharing at that level that I would share with her? And most of the time, the answer was absolutely not. I'm withholding, I'm not saying what I truly feel, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not speaking and I'm not sharing in a way that is true to me and true to what I really, really feel. So when you are speaking to people in your life and sharing with people in your life, you've got to let them in. You've got to take the chance and are, you know, sometimes your heart is going to be broken, sometimes you are going to be sad, sometimes you are going to be misunderstood. But what I can promise you is that people will start showing up for you and they will start hearing you and they will start understanding who you are as a person. But you've got to start doing that work and speaking and sharing. If you don't do that, no one will ever know you. Because what happened to me was I was with somebody for eight years and I looked around and I said, this man does not know me. He really doesn't know who I truly, truly am. And the reason he didn't know me was because I was withholding almost everything from him because I had already written him off based on some stuff that he did and his habits and actions, yes, that were not perfect, right? I mean, I had reasons to write him off. I'm not saying that someone's going to be perfect who you're with, but I was so stubborn in writing him off that I just never even gave him the opportunity. And so you got to check yourself in this space. This is not an easy one to do as a deep thinker and a deep feeler because this calls on you to say, 
I am being a petty person. I am withholding. I'm in some cases lying to people, um, you know, because I am fearful. I'm fearful for anybody to really know this about me and know who I am. And I'm afraid I'm going to get my heart broken. I'm afraid I'm going to look stupid. And, you know, the, the thing in life is that, you know, you can't avoid having a heartbreak. You just can't. You can't avoid feeling stupid. You can't, av- you know, these are things are unavoidable. This is part of what we're supposed to go through. And so you're going to go through it anyways. Okay, this is going to happen to you no matter what. So you might as well speak your truth, right? You might as well honor yourself and honor that soul that I talked about and really do it justice by saying, here's what I'm really feeling. And as deep thinkers and deep feelers, we know, we know the real answers to this because we've already done the freaking analytical layered work in our head. We already know what's up. We just don't want to put it out there. So my challenge for you was, was to really put it out there. Put it out with your words. Put it out with your expression. Put it out there with your writing. Whatever it is that you can do to put it out there. You need to put it out there and let people know who you are. It isn't just this little internal space that you get to have inside of yourself. You've got to share this with others. And as deep thinkers and feelers, this is like one of the biggest gifts that we can really give to the world. This is this is the work that we do, right? This is what we do really, really well. But just don't do it with just yourself. You've got to do it with other people too. And I promise you, this is part of what's going to set you free. If you are somebody who feels like, you know, people don't understand me, people don't get who I am. Um, I'm just going to seclude myself and this is really, you know, how I've functioned and I have maybe my one friend that I can talk to. You guys, you're missing the whole buffet. You're missing everything else that you could be partaking in. So speak and share. And I mean at a deep level and put that out there to people who are not necessarily like you. And I promise you, you're going to get some shocking results because when I started doing this with my husband, I could not believe the results that I got. I could not believe the relationship that was starting to form. I could not believe the connections that I could have with him. Um, and you've got to do the work and you've got to be ready for them to be somewhat resistant to you because they probably will. When my husband and I were splitting up, you know, one of the things he used to always say to me is that, you know, oh, you want me to be this person that's just going to sit down and, and read a, you know, a book of literature, a book of poetry. This is who you want me to be, <laughs> you know? And it just, that's how he took it because he thinks at a certain level, that's what he thought. And I'm like, oh my God, this guy really just thinks it's about picking up a book. Like, this is what he's thinking. Like, does he not understand the whole layer of the whole situation? Like, he just doesn't get it. And the thing is, is that he didn't because I never explained it. So we need to make sure that we are sharing and speaking. Okay. Really important. Do this with the people who are in your life, um, your family members that you are maybe having any kind of frictions with. This is an important thing to keep the lines of communication open. Your children, make sure you're always doing this with them and teach them how to do this. Teach them how to do this work because this is a huge tool that they need in their life as well. Um, and teach them how to speak and share with people who honor their space, right? And if they learned about space, which is what we talked about earlier, right? Honoring your space, then they already know that lesson. So they're going to know, here are the people I can speak and share with. And here are the people that just can't handle it and that I can't be safe with. And so I'm just not going to do it with them, but I'll do it with this other person, okay? So teaching them the difference between that as well. Um, and then do it with, you know, people who... Maybe you've never done it with before. Maybe people that you would have normally written off, try it. 
try it and just see what happens when you start opening up the depths of who you are and having a real conversation with people. You guys, it'll change your whole life. It'll change the dynamics of your relationships. And I'm telling you, it's going to shock you and it's going to make you feel great. And you're going to find more people who are willing to come in the deep end with you. I promise. And um, it's phenomenal work. All right, you guys, so that's going to do it. So we went over some of the critical things as deep thinkers and deep feelers that if you are not doing, if you are not doing these things, then you are going to probably suffer, okay? There's going to be some doo-doo in your life and it's going to be like, oh my God, I can never get around this. I can never figure out what is happening to me. So you need to do these steps in order to make sure that you are preserving your beautiful self and your beautiful thoughts and functioning outside of this world, actually thriving outside of this world. So number one, have your boundaries. Make sure that they're very clear. Number two, make sure that you have the connections to your soul. Okay, you need to make sure it's a habit. It's something that you're doing continuously. Number three, making sure that you're taking actions. You have a plan of action. You execute, okay? You're gonna do those shallow end work type things. You have to do those too. Number four, make sure that you have personal space in a tangible way and an internal way. Do not sacrifice this. And number five, maybe the biggest one, the hardest one for us, speak and share and truly do that with integrity and authenticity. You guys, when you start doing this, your entire life changes. I started implementing this when I went back home. I made sure that these five things were staples in my life. They were the pillars of what I did every single day and the areas that I cleaned up if it wasn't working. So on my boundaries, how were my boundaries? On a one to 10 scale, how good was I at setting boundaries? If it was a five, I needed to work on it, right? I need to get up to a freaking nine. Like this is where I need to be. Um, So just make sure that you are going through each of these and looking to see how are you doing? How are you doing in this area, right? And you know, if it's not great, then fix it. This is the area that you want to work on. And take it one day at a time. One day at a time, start implementing these things on your daily schedule. And I'm telling you, you will make sure that like you're taking care of yourself, okay? And your deep thought and your deep feelings, they're going to be regulated a little bit more. And you're going to have even more creativity. You're going to have even more to give. And life is just going to blossom and bloom for you. I promise. And I know that sounds corny and cliche, but it really, really does. All right, you guys, thank you for joining on the episode. I know it was a little bit long, but we had a lot to cover for your deep soul and your deep thoughts today. And um, it's been a joy and been fun to talk about all of these things that I think are deeply important. And I will see you guys soon. So make sure that you're keeping those deep thoughts and those deep feelings circulating and know that you are perfect in having them. I'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye.